Hey, church, how are we today? All right. Well, I'm so glad to have you guys here. I'm Jeff, and I'm one of our pastors on our team, and I'm really grateful you're here. Uh, let's do this. Let's say thanks and welcome to all of our first-time guests and anyone who's watching live online, and especially anyone who's military who might also be in harm's way this morning. Thank you for watching. Let's can we get up for these guys. Hey, so we are, we're, we're really deep into a series called We Can't Stay Here. Uh, if you missed last week, you got to go listen to the podcast, Phenomenal Message by Richard Moore, one of our uh, pastors on staff. Uh, he talked about this idea, and really kind of the whole theme of this series is this idea of how it is very, 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 very easy to get stuck in life. Am I right? All right? Mistakes, problems, just like flaws, you know, choices we make, or just kind of like worn down and you just kind of get sedimentary. You just get stuck. And with any uh, idea of movement in life, if you stop moving, you, you, you don't necessarily stay in the same place. You actually go backwards. If you've ever worked out, gone to the gym, you lift weights, you work out, your muscles grow. If you stop working out, they don't stay the same. They shrink. So essentially, we could say this. If you stop moving and stay there long enough, eventually you're going to die, Right? You just, your heart, your life, your, I mean, you know, even in business and in leadership, you, you want to grow, you want to improve. If you stay the same, life just goes downhill. And so last week, Richard did a great job talking about the idea of some of us are stuck because we, we feel like we our life's still a mess. We've been working at trying to get things straightened up, but we just don't straighten up. We talked about how Jesus really gives us uh, help in those areas. Uh, this week, I'm going to look at a whole different, I'm going to flip this coin around a little bit, and I'm going to talk about something that we probably never think we'd talk about in this subject, but I want to say that if you're stuck, the way we get unstuck is by going fishing. Fishing, fishing. It's all about fishing today, folks. So let me ask this question. How many of you, you like, you like fishing? Any fishermen or fisherwomen in the room? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I like that. Last hour, we had one guy that yelled out, he, and, and after I looked at him, he had a big hook in his, his, his hat. I'm like, yep, there's, there's the kind of Georgia fisherman I know, uh, but I love fishing, um, and we're going to talk about fishing today for a couple of reasons. One, uh, all through the Bible, God refers to fish or fishing. Jesus in the New Testament refers to fishing. Uh, I, we're going to talk about fishing today because it's easy for me to talk about something that I relate to. So if I'm going to make a, 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 a way to help this connect to our hearts and, and, and make it sticky for us, that's, that's an easy lane for me. Uh, if you're like me, I grew up fishing. Uh, I've got a picture here of when I was younger with my little sister. That is me. That's a little bit going. Oh, I cute? What a little kid. I got a load of fish, right? Been fishing with my little sister, my dad. Uh, I've taken my kids fishing. We've, we've been doing that all of our lives. We got That's Allie. That's my oldest. She's graduating this year. Is that crazy? That's Allie and I fishing. I've got other fishing pictures. That's J.D. See, the thing with J.D., you could bait his hook, but if you didn't bait him, <coughs> he, didn't, he didn't stay long enough to fish. J, actually, J.D.'s my, he's my fishing buddy. He loves to fish. That's a bass we caught last week. Uh, he caught a bunch uh, while we were down in South Florida with my parents. Uh, the thing with fishing in South, South, South Florida where we go out in the Everglades, you not only fish for fish, but you're actually 
before you realize it, you're fishing for gators because they come up chasing your fish and chase you off of the bank. Uh, they literally do that where we're at. Um, but love fishing. So we're going to talk about fishing today. And I want to look at this idea from the standpoint of I really believe if you will engage in what Jesus says about this concept of fishing, which we'll unpack, it, you, will, you will grow spiritually because of this. Some of us, you would say, right now I'm kind of stuck spiritually. I have, a, I have an unlock code this morning for you that, that will shape your spiritual world. And I'm saying that in, a, in a hopefully as profound as a way as I can because I really believe this will unlock for a lot of you why you might be stuck spiritually right now. So let me do this. Uh, Luke chapter 5, it's the third book in the New Testament. Uh, we're going to unpack this story. Uh, before I do that, let me do this. Here's a little fishing theology. For those of you that are fishermen or women, uh, you don't have this in your notes, but in Genesis chapter 1, as early as Jesus, or as early as God had the Bible, you know, written, uh, here's a little fishing theology. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, like the second biblical verse in the Bible says this, then God said, let us make man in our image. So as as man as God is making man, his next words are this, and let him have dimension, dominion over the fish in the sea. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. A little fishing theology. All right, so go dominate, fishermen and women. All right, so, all right, so let's walk through this this morning. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. Don't have a Bible today, no problem. We have it up on the screens for you. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, uh, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Now, Jesus is now uh, into his, his manhood. He's, he's birthed on the earth, uh, virgin birth. He's alive. He's grown. He's not a youth any longer. He's a full-grown man. And he's starting his, his public ministry. If you, if, you, if you like biblical history, you like geography, a lot of what Jesus did happened around this lake. Or in, in, in other places, this lake is called also the Sea of Galilee. So whenever you see those two together, it's really referring to the same thing. So you've got, you've got the coast of Israel with, with the Mediterranean Sea, and inside that you've got this lake. It's freshwater, but they call it the Sea of Galilee. The Jordan River flows into it and flows out of it. A lot of happenings of what Jesus was doing, helping people realize that he's like, he's like the coming Savior. He's like God in a body on earth now, and he's going around, and people he's caught people's attention by him doing incredible things and saying some off-the-wall things different than what their religious customs were. But nonetheless, they're paying attention and listening to this guy, Jesus. And so he is around the Sea of Galilee, and people are crowding around him, listening to the Word of God, it says. Verse 2, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by what? This is interactive. You all help me out today, right? It's spring break week. All the Harris County people are out of here, so it ought to be a good week for us. Okay? All right, so you all got to help me out. Two, two boats there left there by fishermen, right? That's what their trade was. That's what they did. These are not hobby guys. This is what they did for a living. So they're fishermen there who were washing their nets, all right? What does every good fisherman do when he's done after a day of fishing? You get ready for the next day. 
So these guys have done their day. They're, 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 they're tidying the boat up. They're rolling cords. You guys at fish, you've got to get, get your stuff right because you want to be ready for the next day. So they're washing their nets. Um, and it says that Jesus gets into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, that's the Peter, Simon Peter, and asked him to put or push out a little further from shore. So here's two boats on the edge of shore. Uh, Jesus gets on the boat. He says, guys, let's go out a little bit further. So they push the boat out. They're out a little bit deeper in water. And now he begins to teach from the water to everyone who's still crowded there, watching and paying attention to him as he's in the water now. So, verse 4, or verse 3 and a half. He sits down and he teaches from the boat. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter. And now here's a shift from his teaching to now here's some practical lessons that I want to take a few guys on a journey with me and begin to model to them what is what is crystal clear in the Bible and what is huge for us in our spiritual development. Not only for us to grow, but for the rest of the world uh, and Jesus' purpose. Here's his purpose beginning to unfold for brand new followers right here. So here we have it. Here's like a historical moment for every person that considers themselves a, a Christ follower from this moment on. So he pushes out from shore. He speaks to the people that are listening. He sits down, and he begins speaking. He says to Simon, put out into what kind of water? Deep water, right? They've been in shallow water. Now they're going to push out into deep water and let down their nets for a catch. So he tells them to push out deeper and to put their nets out again after they've already washed their nets. You know, fisher guys are like, seriously, we just cleaned the boat. (laughs) We just got everything tidied up. We were done. We were going out for dinner, right? We're going out to hang out. We're, we're, you know, we're on our way home, whatever. And he tells them to get back fishing again. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night. Now, these guys have just not, they just didn't go fishing like it's 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. They've been fishing all night. And who knows what time of the day or the morning or the, the noon, whatever it is. But these guys are tired. They've been fishing. They haven't caught a whole lot. Simon said, we worked all night. We haven't caught anything. That's a bad night of fishing, Right? That's like, that's why most of you don't fish. Because someone took you fishing and you're like, this is about as fun as farming. Right? This is about as fun as watching plants grow. So he, he's responding to Master. It's, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now here's, here's something for us. This is right out of the gate. This, this is something for us. If you've ever been really, really stuck, and Jesus tells you to do something, like you, you read it in his word, and it's like, well, that's, that, that's for me. Or you kind of just a, a check in your spirit, or maybe God's like put some godly people in your life, and the word, like God's voice, other people are all saying this thing. You ever hear God lead you to do something? The answer to your response is always yes. Right? If God tells you to do something, you, ought, you, you need to do it. Because if you don't, man, you're, you're missing out on the adventure of a lifetime. Maybe missing out on a blessing. Maybe missing out on, like, clarity or direction. Or maybe you're missing out on, like, the next stage of real spiritual growth and faith or activity and knowledge of Him in your life. So when God tells you to do something, 
the right answer is always yes. So these guys, verse 6, when they had done so, because they did what he said to do, what happened? They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Now, I've, I've fished since my dad taught me how to fish and when he baited my hook when I was two years old. And there's never been one time in my 40-plus years of life that we caught so much that we broke nets. Nets. I broke a line before. That was because I cast it too far and I got it caught in a tree, right? Or a fish was big enough, one fish, not more. But who, who does that? That's a good day fishing, right? Even for professional fishermen, right, who do it day in and day out, and they're like, they got old salty smell to them. Their necks are all like leather necks. They got chapped faces, chapped lips. They, they got like scales that like, they weren't there before, but they were just there from the day before, right? Even though they showered, they still stink. They're still just like, I mean, so when these guys have this happen to them, it's not a run-of-the-mill day. It's a day that they've now spent with Jesus. So Jesus is modeling all of a sudden who he is and modeling to, to them what he's all about. And he's showcasing who he is and what he's all about to these guys in hopes that they would come with, that they would be about what he's all about. And so their response, they caught some, some fish that day. And when they had done so, they caught such a great number of fish, their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat. There's two boats. Now, these boats are, these, I, 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 we've actually been on that sea before, the Sea of Galilee, Lake Genesaret. And these, are, these aren't like John boats. These are like boats like, literally like probably 75 people could, could stand on this boat. They're big boats, wood boats, just kind of shaped like a, you know, like a big giant wide, you know, canoe or something, but bigger, wider, deeper. And so they signal for another boat. Now they've got two boats there, and they came to help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. That is a crazy awesome fishing day. That's the kind of fishing day when you pull back up to the dock, I mean, people are taking photos, right? You ever been fishing before, and you're like, bring your catch up, you've ever if you ever rented the, the boat, right, you and four buddies, and you got, like, angler Dave as your captain, and you go down to Panama City, and there's, like, 100 boats, you're like, ah, pick that guy. How much money you got? Uh, they'll, they'll pretty much take whatever you got and take you out, right? Got 100 bucks, someone will take you out. You can fit in with four guys. You can get on a boat with 25 guys, and it's 50 bucks, and you may go out, and there's lines everywhere. Everybody's lines are caught up. But if you come back with a catch, people are paying attention. These guys, they've got a crowd already watching because it's Jesus. Jesus has got some freaky awesome magic trick showcasing a whole lot of stuff, but with one purpose in mind. And these guys have now witnessed not just a fishing miracle, but something cooler. So they signal their partners. Their two boats began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he felt, he felt at his knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he said all this, or he said all this, he said all his companions were astonished. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. 
And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Other guys were there, other disciples, Simon's partners. Again, reminding us these are not amateur fishermen. These are professional guys that do this often. And then Jesus says to Simon Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you will what? Fish for people. So that's the point, right? So let me tell you the whole message wrapped up in one point today. You should do this. Go fish. Go fish for people, right? If God's ever done anything in your life, if, 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 if you're, a, if you're a, a person who has been forgiven, had your sins forgiven, if you are a, uh, an adopted person by God, by what Jesus did for us, if you are going to be heirs of heaven someday through what Jesus did for us, if that's where we're going to live the rest of our lives out, then, then, we're, then, then we're called to do what Jesus said for these guys to do. Now that's been passed on a couple thousand years later. It's the same challenge, the same message for us is go fish. Go fish. And my, my point today for us is you can do this. You can do this. You can go leverage your story, your failures, your flaws, and you can leverage that to help somebody else find Jesus. But I'm, I'm like a lot of you guys. This, this makes me a little weak in the knees. I get a little scared. I'm like, are you serious? I got to, like, go fish for another dude. Like, they got these Easter cards. They've been giving these out for, like, for weeks now. They want me to, they probably want me to give one of these things and invite them to Easter. That's where he's going with this. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So this, 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 this is where we're all at on this subject. But here's what we learn in this. We learn in this uh, several things. I want to I show you some words that I wrote down. This last week, just some simple words about this passage that I think will pop for us as I, as, I, as I write these down. Jot these down, but here's the thing. We could, we could wrap this up, but I'm only 17 minutes in right now, and I, I mean, i got to fill space right now. So, so uh, you could do it. You can do this. That's, that's the message today. You can do this. But i got more time, so let me give you some words. All right, so, so verse 11, they pulled their boats to shore, left everything, and they began to follow this guy, Jesus. Newest disciples, brand new guys following Jesus. Woo, what an adventure they're off to, right? They just had the the biggest catch of their lives. They're blown away. They're like, dude, just fed our families for like years. We just fed the entire town for the next year. This guy did this. We're with him, right? He's a stud. He's a mag daddy. He's Jesus. We, we believe he's the, we believe he's the guy that was predicted in the Old Testament that's here now at face value, God in a body. We're with this guy. We're going to follow him. So they're following Jesus. And he's telling them, hey, we've got to go fish, got to go fish, got to go fish. It's got to go fish, right? So the first word I write down about this passage is, is this, platform. Platform. P-L-A-T form. Platform. Platform. Like the diving platform. Except the way I, I picture this is when I was a kid, all pastors stood on a platform, right, when I grew up. And they had on a platform, what? What do they call this? Back in the day, if you grew up in church, some of you, a lot of you guys, our church didn't grow up in church. So you guys have no clue what I'm talking about, right? A pulpit. Yeah, there you go. You guys are reaching deep. Some of you are like, what was that 25 years ago when I went to church? Pulpit. So pastors, they used their platform and their pulpit, and they kind of shared Jesus. But here's the point. Jesus gives all of us a platform to share our stories, to share our faith, to leverage stuff we're going through to help somebody else have and find eternity. 
He leveraged these disciples. He leveraged their boat as a platform. See where I'm going with this? He leveraged something that they were good at, that they knew, that they related to. Like, yeah, they could talk fishing all night with the boys. So he leveraged something they understood, they knew, as a platform that they could relate so others could find Jesus. So here's the thing. What is your platform? What, 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 what has God uh, created in you that you love, that's your hobby, that's something you, you, you do well, could even be your work, could be your gym, that God wants to, to use that platform to showcase who's made the greatest difference in your life. This last, this last week, I, my wife told me that one of our sweet high school girls, her name's Sarah Grace, we love her to death, know her, fa- her family, and wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, Sarah Grace is uh, 17, I think, 16, about 17 years old. And uh, I, I, my wife told me that she had some of our, um, some of our Easter cards with her riding around in her car, right? And she's a beautiful young lady, uh, super likable. I mean, we, I, I'd love teasing and joking with her because she's just, I like her. She's fun, really sweet girl. And so she goes to the, 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 the Starbucks drive-thru, and she orders whatever her little, you know, I don't know, black and white, tan, latte, whatever they call it, and I don't know, mocha, macchiato, grande, I don't know, what venti, you know, I'm throwing all my Starbucks language. Um, and so... <clears throat> And so she, she gets her stuff, and she's like, hey, uh, I don't know if it just all of a sudden comes to her, but she's like, hey, what are they having behind me? And so she buys the drinks. Sounds like we're at a bar now, right? She buys the drinks <laughs> of the people behind her and then drops these cards off and says, hey, will you give this to them for me? Now, I'm just saying, if, if I'm the car behind and I'm in high school and I'm a high school guy, and this girl just buys my coffee and passes out these, I'm going to church on Easter. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So here's what's cool. Here's Sarah Grace using her mom's credit card as the platform. (laughs) That's the real moral of the story. Some of y'all might need to use your credit card as your platform, right? All right, so, so some of you guys go to the gym. I, I, I love the gym that I've attended. And I've not, I think every time I talk about the gym, I always say that I haven't been there in a while. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of been re- repetitive over the years when I've talked about uncommon athlete that, that, I, that, I, that I go to. It's been a, a little while now again. Uh, just remember, it's been a little while. Um, but here's the thing. Over the years, because it's a place that I frequent, because, it, you're, it, because you're rubbing shoulders in a unique way with other people. And I've gotten to know, I've gotten to know, a, I've gotten to know so many people at my gym. The other day, my son goes, Dad, you love your gym, don't you? I'm like, I kind of do. We're kind of a family down there. I mean, I see them all over town, and we know each other through the gym. We have this special bond. We see each other at restaurants. We check up on what we're eating. You know, we act like you're looking scrawny lately. you got to get back. We, we hold each other accountable. It's fun. i got great friends at my gym. But here's the cool thing. Over the last five years that I've been a part of it, probably 20 of them have attended our church. Five or six of them give their life to Christ. And, it, it's, and that's been easy. Easy for me, and it's harder for me than it is for you. Because when people find out you're a pastor, it's like things get weird. <laughs> they do. 
They do. You act weird when I'm around you besides here. You do. You do. Have I ever told you about the guy that I cut off? I cut off somebody, and I was like, oh, no. And they came by me telling me I was number one. And they kept driving, and I was like, my church sticker on the back. Oh, I'll see you Sunday. And all of a sudden, I could see they're like, eh, and they're like, oh, gosh, it's a pastor. I got you. I got you. But here's the thing. God's given you, God's given you a platform. And he wants to leverage every part of who you are, every place that you go that you frequent for one single purpose. That, 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 that no one should perish. I mean, you think about the, the opportunity, the privilege that we get to change somebody's eternity. Now, here's what's crazy. God could do this without us. He totally could. Jesus could have pushed off, left the people on the shore, told the fishermen, I got this. Right? Did he need those guys? They'd, they'd been unsuccessful prior to that. He didn't need them. He could have snapped his fingers and Fish could have just jumped in the boat, right? That would have been a cooler miracle. But he, he involved them. Why? Because it was for their growth. Their growth. Some of you are stuck spiritually. Can I tell you what will unstuck you? Engage in what Jesus' heart is. Step out into the water and allow God to use your story, your, your scars, the ugly places, if you can get to a place when God unravels these beautiful, perfect, privileged moments where he designs them and sets them up, where you're supposed to be at this place having a conversation with this person at your gym, at which you get your hair cut, or wherever you go, your club, whatever, I mean, whatever it is, God has some design moments, divine design moments. We want to leverage your flaws for somebody else's forever. So here, here's, here's the idea of the platform. The next thing I notice here is, is that, I, that I wrote down in my notes this word called persistence. How many of you guys realize that fishing takes persistence? Here's what's weird. I, I'm the most impatient person I know, which makes zero sense that I like fishing. Im, Im, impatient fishermen can still be persistent fishermen. All that means is I'm impatient. I may flit fish, but I'm still ADD and impatient. This may be a hole, and I may be five seconds in this hole, five seconds in this hole, move the boat, change directions, change lures. But persistence means, and this is this code for headstrong, <laughs> hard-headed people that are fishermen might be impatient but persistence means even though I haven't caught, even though I'm sunburned, even though I'm bug bit to death and I'm seasick because the waves or it's not working, persistence is you don't quit. Because you never, ever, ever, ever know when all of a sudden time is ripe and that investment you made is now going to come to fruition. It's going to materialize. See, we think that it's all on us and Jesus thinks it's all on him. We think that God really needs us, but he doesn't. God wants to include us. 
And because he wants us included, if we'll go ahead and say yes to what he's doing in somebody else's life and in our life, we're going to reap the benefit. We reap the benefit. Have you, I'll tell you, there's not a lot of people that I've sat down with and like totally, totally just from A to Z walk them to knowing Jesus. Just haven't. There's been a lot of other people that maybe have fished and dropped some seeds and dropped some hints and shared some stories. There's been, a, there's been a handful of people in my life that I've been like there at the moment. They're like, yes, I need Jesus, right? But there's not been many. But every one of those I realize God didn't need me for that. He could have done it somewhere else. So what he wants from us is to be persistent and not quit. Let me just say this. This morning, I think there's some of you here today that you're on the edge of quitting on your marriage. And, and I, I feel like that, that this morning God is just leading me to say to you, don't quit. Don't quit. Those guys that had a bad night fishing, but they were washing their nets. They weren't selling their nets. They were, they were preparing for the next day. And then Jesus called them out again and said, stay with me. Let's see where this goes. And he did something awesome to those guys. I really believe that this morning some of you guys are on the edge. You came, and, and for a variety of reasons, some of you are on the edge, and you're ready just to quit. And I want to tell you this morning to not quit. Jesus is not telling you to quit. He's telling you to continue on. I just feel strongly to say that to somebody this morning. Some of you as parents, you're like, I suck at this. And your kids are not responding. You're like, you're ready to disengage. You're ready to, like, see if eBay works with this. Right? Craigslist can not, I mean, there's a new place. Like, it's like, you know, where can I sell them? Some of you guys are ready to disengage. You're ready to be done. You're like, I'm, I'm terrible at this. Some of you dads are ready to bolt and, and really just kind of disconnect. They need you. Don't quit. Don't quit. All right, I, I want to tell you a story of one that got away. Can I do that real quick, story of one that got away? Just nod. I'm going to tell it anyways. Okay, all right. So um, so I, I love fishing, love the outdoors, you know, and I remember being on the greatest fishing trip of my lifetime. Didn't start that way. Uh, probably three days into this fishing trip, uh, I, was, I was eat up with mosquitoes. Uh, I was sunburned, uh, I think like the first or the second day, the waves were so high, and I had like a congestion, cold thing going on, that messed me up, I, I was I was like seasick to the max, like I was like, I'm going to die, just get me off this boat feeling, and I kept fishing because I'm stubborn, kind of stupid too, and uh, on like the third or fourth day, after Everybody caught something, and I was completely fished a lot, Jeff Zero. I locked into one. And I fought like I've never fought in my life before. Like one of these moments, like you, you, you know that this is it. This is your greatest moment of all times right now. You ever been there, the guys that fish, ladies? And I'm pulling this joker in, and I fought with every ounce of my strength for about two hours. And I'm, and this is no, you can back the boat up, get closer to it. It's not out there on hot top water. This is down deep. So we're fighting this thing, and everyone's going, it's a grouper, it's a grouper. Giant grouper, giant grouper. And, and, and people are seeing how I'm fighting. They're saying, this is a giant grouper. 
giant grouper. And I, and I know giant groupers. My granddad was like considered like a Jacques Cousteau of South Florida. They've got pictures of my granddad with, with grouper and like becoming, you know, famous for wrestling alligators in Everglades. I've got a really crazy past. Um, and so I'm fighting this thing. And I get this to where all of a sudden we see flashes of it. And they're like, dude, this is like a 400-pound grouper. This is, this is, you got a giant. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm reeling and it's like jerking me down and I'm reeling and it's jerking me down. My, my gut is so bruised. My hands, I can't even extend my hands. I can't even, I mean, I can't, there's nothing left in me. And I, I'm like, I get this last wind. Like I am going to get this thing to the boat, right? And I pull him up and he gets close and all of a sudden we're like ready to try to get him and snap. And I just, I just kind of buckled up my knees. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I acted like a child. I mean, I like, I like cried. They brought me Kool-Aid. You know, people fanned me. Seriously, I was like miserable. So I, 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 I took all my rods. I, I hawked them that day. I sold everything. No, I didn't sell anything, right? I didn't sell anything. You know what I did the next day? I went fishing. And, and, and the next day, I caught this. Let me show you this. This is cool. Caught this. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Little sailfish, right? Sailfish. First sailfish of my life. Monster sailfish, right? So here's the point I want to make. Don't quit. You'll catch a sailfish. No, not really. But here's the thing, good fishermen don't quit. Good fishermen just continue because you never know. You never know. You might have invited, and you guys are, this church is phenomenal at this. Uh, I mean, I'm so proud of our church and you guys that have had your lives changed. We've had hundreds of people, thousands of people to give their life to Christ here. And can I tell you that many, 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 many of those salvations experiences, the people bowing the knee made Jesus leader, leader and figure of their life, have been over Easter. So you may have been inviting someone in November and they've like blown you off and nothing's happened and they've never shown up, but there's something magical about Easter. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like maybe it's like fishing and chumming up the water a little bit, right? Baiting it all up, getting it right. There's something ripe about Easter. We're expecting 2000 plus people this year. We we we've had those type numbers in the past. Even on bad years when it's rained. But I can tell you this. It might just be that God's saying don't quit. It might be that God's tailor making someone and put them in your path for you to say, just come to Easter this, with, this year with me. Where they might have said no before or just blown you off, they might just say yes. I want you to feel for the next two weeks when you walk out the door, if you don't have one of these on you, you feel naked. Like, Oh, my gosh, I have no clothes on because I'm missing my My Church Easter cards. So here's the thing. Why would you do that? Why would you not stay on in the shallow, on the boat, or on the edge? Why would you, why would you not? Because here's the thing. God wants you to help make a difference in somebody else's forever. And this is a way we can do it as a church. Persistence. Last thing is, uh, last, second to last thing is place. 
place. Just place, like location, place. Um, verse 4 said this. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in what kind of water? Deep water, deep water. And let down the nets for a catch. See, here's the thing. Sometimes uh, in a church like ours, if you're a very religious person, um, a church like ours might come across to you as kind of uh, not deep, maybe even shallow. But, it, but and, and I, I, you know, I ask the question, and, and, and we ask the question often, what really makes you deep? Like, what, is make, what makes a church deep or not deep, shallow? What makes a church deep? And, it, and I, I'll just, I'm kind of not, I'm being facetious a little bit, but I'm kind of asking the real question. Is it, more, is it more worship that makes you deep? If we added 20 more songs, does that make us deep? If all of a sudden I changed the style of my messages and I added a whole lot more of like Greek words, does that make us deeper? That make us deep? So here's the thing, here's what I've noticed in this passage that really just rocks my socks. He tells these guys to cast their nets, push out further in, cast their nets deeper. But what were they doing when they were going deeper? They were what? They were fishing. Here's the thing I believe Jesus is saying to us. Jesus says trying to rescue somebody is as deep as it gets. There's nothing deeper than going to rescue someone who's drowning. In fact, I think all rescues happen in deep water. Have you ever seen someone going, Ah! Save me! And they're like tapping in a puddle? No. Anybody, and you and I have been here before, when you're drowning, you drown in deep water. When you're suffering, when you're hurt, when you're far from God, and man, I, I say there's, again, there's 80 plus percent of our city that we believe is disconnected with God who are drowning. They're in deep water. Churches like ours, our purpose is that we would go out in deep water and we would drop our lines and fish. Why? Because if we don't, who will? Somebody fished for me. Somebody went fishing for you. And I believe God calls us to go fish. And and I believe it's a privilege. It's a privilege for us to go fish. It's a privilege for us to go fish. Why? <laughs> because, because our Savior, look what he did for us. He adopted me as, as, as his son. And I'm undeserving of that. He loved me enough that he said, Jeff Murphy, we're going to fish for you. We're going to go out there and get you out of your mess and put you up on a new path. And that's what God's done for many of us. And that's what I believe he wants to do for every person, not only in our city but in our world. But we've got a fish to do that. So platform persistence, place, place. Proud of this church because there's been a lot of people that have been rescued here. Over 2,000 people, to be, to be really close. In the last eight years of our church, we have records of over 2,000 people that have bowed the knee and said yes to Jesus. And I believe in two weeks from now, we're praying that, that, that 
that God would blow our minds again. And we're, we're, we're pushing away from the shore, and we're going to fish deep this year. Um, I'm going to end with this, that last idea of us having this privilege of fishing. Um, my, uh, my son, J.D., I, I love my boy. He's my, he's my best little fishing buddy. Um, he, um, he, a few years back, I told a fishing story. And uh, was talking about fishing and taking the family fishing and uh, some fishing trip. I don't remember exactly what, exactly what it was. But somehow someone came out of a service and talked to J.D. about fishing. I think he was like four or five years old. And he said, and I, and I wrote this down because I wanted to get it correct. He said, my daddy doesn't know how to fish. <clears throat> I got it in my notes. My wife, remi- that's what he said. My, my son, my, J.D. said, my, my daddy doesn't know how to fish. So I was like. What boy talking about? I mean, I I I bait his hook. I I cast it out there for him. I reel it in at least fifty percent of the way. Oh, I hook the fish, and I hand off the rod. He catches the fish. I I unhook the fish, take it, throw it back in. So I'm like, I'm, little, I'm not miffed, but I'm, I'm like, what, what is he saying? Daddy can't fish. So I get him later on in the day, and I, I'm reminded of it. And I asked him, I said, J.D., we, we told fishing stories today, and you told somebody that Daddy can't fish. What, what do you mean? That's what he said. <clears throat> he said, Daddy, we don't catch a lot of fish. I catch a lot of fish. <laughs> and... And I laughed, and I was like, "What do you? What this? You're right. I guess we, you, and I just I thought it was hilarious. But here's the point: the father, the father catches the fish. The father catches the fish, but he wants us to grow deeper. He wants us to enjoy being a part of somebody else's life change. He wants to leverage." Listen, every bit of your story is every bit of what God wants to use. All your flaws, all your fears, all your failures for somebody else's forever. And if we will engage in this conversation, if we'll engage on mission, <clears throat> our understanding about how, who God is will be like those guys who saw the nets break when they've been fishing all their life. It's like spiritual growth. Wow, God's awesome. Wow, this, yeah, I'm going on this adventure because Jesus. So God invites us in. So, all right, so that's my message. Now to our surprise. You guys know there was a surprise today? Anybody follow social media? You should. Facebook, my church, follow us on the app, or follow us on Instagram, all right? So I have a surprise We'd like to be extra generous with everyone here today uh, and give you one of these T-shirts as our gift, all right? All right, so we just had, you know, we always do some My Church shirts, and we have some pretty, pretty cool shirts we think are, are pretty cool for church shirts. Um, but they're cool T-shirts. These are these new comfort, what do they call it, comfort? Comfort colors that I understand are like the, the cool shirts now. Um, so we've got shirts that we've given out. For everyone who's here, you got to be here, right? That's why everyone who's here is county. They don't get them. We planned it so they couldn't have them. 
okay? All right, but if you're here today, we, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to do our best to give you a shirt right now. So here's how we're going to do this. You stay seated, and if you're a small, you start when I tell you to go. You go, number one, small, okay? Small, help me, medium, large. Now, here's a problem. If you're four and beyond, we just ran out. But we're gonna we're restocking for you you fours and beyond next week. All right. So I apologize for that. They're free shirts. You can't get too too mad at us. Okay. All right. So if you're small, medium, large, we got you covered. All right. Uh, it might not be a bad idea. You guys pay attention. Maybe if you are extra large or beyond. Okay. Let us know that so we can kind of keep a tally, running tally of that. Uh, and so what I'm going to do on the count of three, you guys start shouting like, you know, small, medium, large, and show us these numbers. People are going to run around and throw you a t-shirt, and I'm going to talk to you for one minute before we go. Ready? On the count of three. Ready? One, two, three, go. Come on, you got to like, you got to get a little busy with it. Come on. got to crank up music. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right. Hey, also, you're being timed, all right? Check this out. 26 seconds. We got to crank this up. Oh. Where did that one? Where did that one go? Thank you, Vince. All right, Jay, you're going to have to get after it, bro. Come on. 43 seconds. 43, come on. Wave those numbers around. Wave your hands up in the air. I want to say just like you don't care, but I'm not going <laughs> to. All right, here we go. We've got a one over here. Any more ones? I see some threes. We got some more threes. <clears throat> Lorna, Tito, you guys got any more over here? We got some threes. Christy, we have any more threes up here? Threes. <clears throat> got some in the back. All right, fives, we got you. We got you, fives. Fours, extra large. Kalani, we can saw you. All right. We're out of larges. We're out of large. All right. All right, cut the music. All right, my T-shirt throwers, does that mean we're out? What do you have over there? What do you have left? Mediums. Any more mediums still? Mediums? More mediums? Man, we got a larger church, don't we? Woo! All right, we got some medium right here. What do you need? Medium? Medium? All right. I see someone there, medium. All right. Now, if you're, still need, you still need a large, raise your hand. Raise them high for large. One, two, three, four, five. Help me out. Five large, six large. All right. If you need extra large, raise your hand. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. Help me out. Nine. All right. And beyond. Raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six. You raise your hand twice. You confuse. Which what you want? All right. 
All right, in the back. All right, so we've got about 10 per size, and we're still missing. All right, next week we'll have them. All right? So you come back next week. Now, real quick, before we dismiss you with this last song, we want to be generous with this for you. All right? We hope that you feel a little bit of generosity. These are, these are nice shirts, about 10 bucks a piece. We already took an offering today on purpose. And there's not a real catch with this, but we are talking about fishing. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. Based on our generosity, and, and you guys help provide this already, right? I want to ask you to do three things. I want you to leverage these shirts this week, and I want you to make sure you walk out with a bunch of cards, and we go fishing this week, all right? Second thing is this. Some of you are, are kind of new around here, and you're not ready to plug in and make this your church. But without any further strings attached, come serve on Easter. Because it's going to be a fun, awesome, it's going to be an incredible day. We can still use the help. Grab one of our communication cards in the back of the seat, write your name and your email or phone number, whatever is easiest, and just say, I want to serve, we'll contact you. Get you set up to serve, all right? Third thing is this. Will you use our generosity for your future generosity? Here's, here's, here's what I'm hoping for. Um, if you'd like to be generous, and we've already taken an offering, there are other ways to give. You can give online. There's little boxes on the side of the walls. If you've got a check or cash, that's fine. All right? This really isn't strings attached. But if you want to be generous, let me tell you some of our Easter expense. Uh, 25 bucks. If you want to drop 25 bucks, help out, that's great. That would give us about 75 200 more Easter eggs. We buy them online. We buy them in bulk. We've got thousands right now. We need a few thousand more still. 50 bucks would provide 50 of our rental chairs, right? And we've got, a, we got I think, like 2,000 rental chairs, all right? If God's blessed and you're like, man, God's moved my heart today, I want to impact kingdom, 25, 50, 100, whatever. Some of you are like, I got five grand. I hope you're here today, <laughs> All right, I, I, I want to give five grand. Someone did that two weeks ago and, and said, I want to I make sure that people are saved on Easter. I said, yes, sir. Here's the thing. You can clap, but hey, that's no less impactful than someone drops five bucks. It makes a difference. But if you got five grand, you know what that pays for? The rental stage and the rental sound, it costs $5,000. That's just a fraction of the cost. Here's the thing. There's no amount of sacrifice that you will ever give that through this church won't be used to impact somebody's life. That's our promise. The second thing is this. There's no amount of sacrifice that has already been sacrificed by our Savior who gave us our life, who gave us our breath, who gave us the ability that we can fish so that somebody else, maybe in our city, maybe my friend, maybe your friend, maybe we have mutual friends, we'll see them on Easter, might found, find salvation, might be adopted, and might party with us in heaven someday. In Jesus' name. God, we love you. Thank you for salvation. We love you, Lord. Amen.
You guys can stand. 